You're listening to Shot Callers with Kyle Branding and Joe Micucci, part of the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Shot Callers on the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. My name is Joe Micucci, and I'm joined, as always, by my fellow Little Caesars enthusiast, as well as the only Detroit Pistons fan that I'm friends with and probably will ever be friends with, Kyle Brandon. Kyle, what is going on, brother? Thank you, I think. (laughs) Also, Little Caesars, not sponsored. Could be sponsored, though. Keep an option open there. Throw us the bag, Caesars. (laughs) And as you can hear, we have some additional voices with us tonight. We are actually joined by Tim Daniel and Sean Mackey, our brothers, the Bull Boys from the from the Bench Mob, fellas. What's going on? I actually really like that nickname for us. I'm going to start using it on our shows. So, <laughs> right on. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this is going to be the second to last episode uh, on the network before the games start counting on Tuesday, because this goes live on Friday the fifteenth. Um, I'm really excited for the season, but Hey, it can't be an end of preseason slash offseason without doing some award predictions. And that's what we're here to do tonight. We're going to go through all six of the major regular season awards. We're going to hit you with our most improved picks, our sixth man, coach of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, and MVP uh, picks. We've uh, got DraftKings odds to kind of guide us. Again, not sponsored. Could be, though. Could be, though. But, um... Yeah, that's kind of just the the basis of this. I'm not really going to dance around it. Let's just kind of get right into it, fellas. Sound good? Let's do it. Sounds good. All right, right on. So the first award we have up is the most improved player. So currently, DraftKings, these are the top six guys from DraftKings. Michael Porter Jr. at plus 900. Kevin Porter Jr. at plus 1,000. Jaron Jackson Jr. at plus 1,500. And now we get into the non-juniors. Uh, Jordan Poole at plus 1,500. Colin Sexton at plus 1,500. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander at plus 1,500. Tim, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who are you taking for most improved player this year? So Weirdly enough, I'm taking one of those guys' teammates. And I'm taking Colin Sexton's teammate, Darius Garland. And I think kind of year three is kind of the year you start to see this is who this guy is in the NBA. But I'm going to tell you what Darius Garland did from year one to year two and what his projection looks like. So, mind you, because of the pandemic and the shortened season, Garland played about the same amount of games, four, five less last year than the year before. He went up only two minutes a game, and in that two minutes a game he went up, he improved his field goal percentage by 50% from the floor, his three-point percentage by 40%, his free throw percentage went down a little bit, but he still is a career 85% shooter, his points per game went up five points a game, his assists went up two assists a game, and his steal range went up half a steal a game. So you're already seeing this big projection for Garland. He had this big offseason where he worked out with a bunch of guys, including Steph Curry. Um, we know this Cavs team's not going to be very good. So for me, I feel like he's going to be the focal point. Him and Evan Mobley are kind of going to be like, they're the guys you feel like they're going to build the future around. Um, so I really like Darius Garland potentially winning this award for year three, especially on a Cavs team where he's going to get a lot of shots. I love that you say that because we've got Sean in here. And Sean, actually, um, by the time this airs, the uh, the hype you're selling video, part of our 2021-22 entry interview, will go live, and you're selling Darius Garland, oh, betrayed yeah. by your own Bulls brethren. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? You, and and you know why that? You know why? Because deep in the depths of Tim's closet, he's got a lot of maroon and gold in there. 
<laughs> LeBron and he's just, yes. and he's and he's waiting to bust it out just in case. But ha- but however, Darius Garland is on the Cavs, so that's all I have to say. I don't buy anything that's going on with the Cavs team <laughs> this year at all. So I'm sorry. Can you can throw me all your stats all you want, man? I'm not buying it. You you just right. want to bring you just want to bring out bring out the the wine and gold and and I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I like it. Kyle, any thoughts on the Darius Garland pick here? I like it as a as a long shot. Obviously, um we know that Michael Porter Jr., like that makes a ton of sense with him getting more opportunities. Like there are some other people that make more sense at the top. But as far as the long shot goes, I mean, I'm not a Darius Garland guy. I'm more of a Sexton guy personally. Um, which I, I might be in the minority there. I I like Colin Sexton a good amount. Um I'm not sold on him, but I took a long shot for my uh, for my most improved player, so I respect it. It's, it's very fair. It's very fair. Well, speaking of, you're actually I've got you up next for this. Who who yeah. is your pick for most improved? All right, so someone else that we uh, that we don't have odds for. I have U.S. Uh, gold Olympian Keldon Johnson for most yeah. improved player. I was banging the Keldon Johnson drum before uh, before draft. Uh, really wanted the Pistons to get him. Um, he ended up falling. Um, didn't seem like he was as highly recruited as I expect him to be coming out of Kentucky, and kind of just one of those quiet players. Last year, averaged thirteen, two, and six. Um, if you if you take what the what the average person kind of improves on by uh, by getting most improved player, they usually go up about twenty five percent in points per game. They usually increase about five points per game. So can Kelton Johnson get from thirteen to 18, 19, 20 points a game without uh, DeRozan there. Um, we know DeRozan's an isolation expert. Kelton Johnson's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. I could see Kelton Johnson getting to closer to 20 points a game. Um, going from two assists to four assists seems doable with the ball in his hand more. And then from six rebounds to somewhere between seven or eight rebounds, uh, a 24 and eight, I think that might be enough for Kelton Johnson coming off the Olympic run. Um, with Coach Pop and everything like that, I think that he's he's ready to take the next step. Only thing would be that his team is going to be pretty bad. Um, you know, last year Julius Randle won it because his team, you know, did a lot better and, and he kind of took a bigger role in a more successful team. Um, and so I think that's probably that's probably the biggest knock on it would be, uh, you know, can his team actually keep up? Totally fair. Totally fair. Uh, Tim or Sean, any thoughts on Kyle's pick of Kelton Johnson here for most improved? I like it. I yeah, think, I do. Uh, I do too. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. So, yep. Yeah, it's a long shot. Hey, throw throw a little ten bucks on it. Mm-hmm. I'm actually curious. I'm I'm pulling up the odds right now. I want to see if DraftKings even has him listed for this. Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson was my other that it was close to picking just because he was injured last year. I think that um, I think that he'll get play. I think that Jaron Jackson is is already kind of like like an Evan Mobley type um and and I think Jaron Jackson is going to be going to be good this year. So it was cl- it was close to picking him. Yeah. Keldon Johnson currently at plus 3500 odds for most improved player. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Well, moving on, Sean, you're up next here. Who have you got slated in for most improved? So my heart wants to say Christian Wood, but I just feel like that team is going to be so so bad that I I just don't I don't see him 
doing what I what I'd like to see him doing. But so I'm yeah. gonna go with a ho- I'm gonna go with a homer pick, total okay. homer pick, and I'm gonna say Lonzo Ball actually. Um, I like that. Lonzo Lonzo has been in kind of weird situations since he entered the league the first year where it was like you know he was on the really crappy Lakers squad where. Uh, they were waiting for LeBron. LeBron got there. He was automatically on the chopping block. Then he ends up over in 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 New Orleans. He's finally on a team that he wants to be on, and he looks in preseason anyway looks very comfortable. Um, I'm looking to see his his assists go up this year and to become more of a uh, traditional point guard. And he's become a really good three point shooter. And uh, I think I think that's going to go up as well. I think he was the missing piece really that the I went back and forth about whether he's the missing piece the Bulls need, but now seeing him in action a couple times, I'm like, all right, I I get it. That team has looked so much fun, even just through these few, first few preseason games. Where's this chemistry coming from? They've never even met each other. You yeah, know? I thought so that was like I had that as like why I thought they were going to struggle a little bit in the first half of the season, but it's kind of it looks like Billy's already got them firing at all cylinders. Um, Lonzo is also at plus thirty five hundred, and uh, it's funny that you said Lonzo. I was I considered him for my pick as well. Uh, it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, I didn't know if he would even be considered if he could be considered for this award. But I, I like that pick a lot, especially as someone who's hammering Bulls stocks right now. Uh, yeah. Tim, as the other Bulls fan in this in this uh, Zoom call right now, I I could imagine you're, it, you you like the pick of Lonzo Ball for most improved. <laughs> Of course I do. Um, actually, my, my bold all-star p- uh, prediction this year for first-time all-star was Lonzo Ball. Um, I just felt like with the Bulls getting so much hype in the offseason and having those guys around them, um, and apparently Patrick Williams is going to be back a lot sooner than we all thought. So, thank God. Um, yeah, thank God. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, you know, like Sean said, I mean, shot, what, 38% from three last year, uh, coming to a team where he's going to be able to facilitate, has all-stars around him like Levine and Vooch, or DeRozan's a former all-star. Kyle went deep into, you know, his ISO stats. So, uh, yeah, I think Lonzo Ball, most improved player, I like it. And I think he'll be an Eastern Conference Reserve this year. I got to say, I like Lonzo a lot this year. Um, And, Sean, you talked about how he's become a lot better three-point shooter. Totally agree. I think for that reason, I wouldn't pick him for most improved player because I think he's already taken so many steps forward. I struggle thinking that he's going to get more than, like, 15 points a game, which he had last year just because I think there are going to be so many people on this team that are going to be able to score the ball. Um, and again, when you look at the last couple of years of people that won it, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Siakam, I think they were all kind of um, top two options on their team. And I just sure. don't know if if, uh, if Lonzo will be able to get there, at least numbers-wise in the betting. I think that we will look at Lonzo in a different tier, though, this season. Um, I think that already from him being basically the premier free agent, um, if not one of the premier free agents, you know, that's that's kind of one step up in the way we look at him. And then I think this year he'll he'll kind of show why he was the top free agent this offseason. I'm the last one to go for most improved picks. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm with you, Kyle, as far as long shots go. Um, I hinted at this during our Eastern tier list episode last week. Um, I've got DeAndre Hunter from the Atlanta Hawks winning most improved player this year. Um, I really like we saw last season before he got hurt. And even in his rookie year, he was already a pretty steady defensive presence for this team. Um, In the 20 ish games he played last season, we saw an increase in his field goal percentage, free throw percentage, rebounds and points per game. So he was already trending upwards in his second year before getting hurt. And this was also before Nate McMillan took over this team and the team really kicked it into high gear. 
Um, my real reason I think he's going to end up at least being in the conversation is because Atlanta lacked a proper wing defender down the stretch. It was kind of their Achilles heel, um, excuse me, against Milwaukee. And he was kind of biting him in the butt during Philly, the Philly series as well. I think just the contributions that he can make to this team. And if they finish at a higher seed than where they finished last year, I just think he's going to be a guy that's like, oh, well, he's one of the ones that they got back healthy. His contributions are just going to lead him into the conversation. Maybe not win it, but I, I really think it's a, it's another good dark horse pick for, for most improved. I love it. He's like the one guy on the Hawks that I really love to watch play basketball. Um, I have a lot of rookie card <laughs> stock in DeAndre Hunter. So that would only help the, my stocks I have in him right now. So he is, he is literally invested in that player. <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I pick. always, I always got like the Hawks and like card breaks I would do online. I was like, God, God damn it. But it was like DeAndre Hunter rookie, DeAndre Hunter rookie. I was like, well, he better be good. <laughs> Everyone's forget it, people forget just how good he was in that championship run for Virginia down the stretch he too. Yeah. Like he, he was awesome. Um so I just again, I I liked him his rookie year too, so I, I would just love to see the guy see the guy succeed. Before we move on to the six man, any final thoughts on most improved player? So far I've got we've got Tim, you're taking Darius Garland, Kyle with Keldon Johnson, Sean with Lonzo Ball. And I'm taking DeAndre Hunter. Write it down. We're going to laugh at this in seven months when we're all completely wrong. <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> For sixth man of the year, the top six guys the Draft, King has, Draft Kings have. At first, Jordan Clarkson repeating at plus 500 odds. Number two, Kevin Herter at plus 1,200. Number three, Joe Ingles at plus 1,200 as well. Patty Mills at plus 1,400. Tyrese Halliburton at plus 1,500. And Goran Dragic at plus fifteen hundred. Kyle, who are you taking for six man of the year? There's a handful I like in here, and and my long shot that I didn't go with was going to be Tyler Hero. He came out releaser starting lineup. Tyler Hero is not one of the starting five, and I could see him playing some meaningful minutes there. Um, but who I did go with, and who feels like a steal right now, given everything that we know, is Patty Mills. Yep. <laughs> it it feels so obvious to me um, with everything going on. I don't know if the lines have changed in the last couple of days. They haven't. I, I just checked before we started recording. He is still at plus 1,400 as of October 13th on draft. Yeah. Days. Look at Jordan Clarkson. He was the sixth man on the number one overall seed last year, and he wins it. Patty Mills is lined up right now to be the sixth man, and we talked about it the other day. He's one of the best six men of all time, in recent history at least, fourth mm -hmm. all time in three-pointers off the bench. Um, I think he's going to be the six man for the best team in the NBA. That enough. Um, and then with his pedigree, knowing how to be around big all-stars and knowing how to, to really make a, a team better with his experience, um, his, his Olympic experience, I think he is the perfect fit on this Brooklyn team. And I think he should have if if not the best title odds he should be in the top two for for title odds or for uh six man odds yeah um he's my pick as well i you've said pretty much every point i was gonna make the only other thing i was gonna add is actually circling back to i think it was a stat you said during our Kyrie irving discussion um on the youtube channel the other day um it's something like he has the highest three point percentage coming off the bench in league history or something like that if mm -hmm. i if i heard you wow. right 
that's just just another another drop in the bucket to add for his cause. Um, so I, I'm also on the Patty Mills bandwagon. Sean, Tim, <laughs> it, also on Patty Mills. Anybody got got a different guy? I have a I have a different guy. I'm not going to okay. go with Patty Mills just because I don't know. I feel like usually when you look back at you know historically the people that have have won it, it's someone who's scoring you know 15, 16 points a game. I don't yeah. know if he's going to be that guy. This year, I love that pick, and I think I think he's the most underrated signing of the entire offseason. Um, so um, I'm gonna go with a guy. It's it's an easy pick. It's also another Homer pick. Here we go again. Kobe White. No, I'm going with D Rose. Oh, I thought I'm you go- were going Caruso. I was so. ready Caruso. for it. I was <laughs> ready, ready for, for it. it. I'm gonna throw it at you. I'm gonna throw it at you. Um, the Knicks were fantastic last year. Um, it was kind of a shame that they looked outmatched when they went up against Atlanta, but, um, I feel like he's like one of those guys who gets motivated by, by certain things. The year that he came out and said that he wanted to win MVP, he went out and won it. Um, he's faced so much adversity. He's not like one of my favorite players or anything. There's a lot of, he's a very polarizing guy in my eyes. And, you know, I loved him when he was in Chicago, but I just feel with Tibbs being his coach, for some reason that works. Um, and I just, he's one of those guys who's occasionally going to start, but probably going to be on the bench quite a bit. So I don't know. I just feel like he's one of those guys who can push out. I mean, I could, I could see him realistically averaging 16 points this next season and, and winning that. And if, and if the Knicks are, you know, in the playoff hunt again, and I expect them to be like, you know, say they get like a top five seed. I, I think he's going to be right there. And and here's what's nice about Derrick Rose. You know that Kemba's going to get hurt at some exactly point. Exactly my point. Yeah. Derrick exactly. Rose, Rose is going to get a chance to play a lot of minutes in those games, but then he'll end the season as a six man. And you'll go back and you'll look at the stats and you'll be like, he averaged 18 points a game and he was their six man sneakily because i'm sure he's going to start in half the games because kemba's going to be hurt uh, so i think the other i think Derek, he'll be hurt right right <laughs> <laughs> and and i think derrick rose just does well with voters i, I yeah. think derrick rose has voters favorite here so uh i think it's a really good pick yeah i, I like the pick a lot he's uh currently at plus 1800 on DraftKings for six man of the year so another another solid bet um so we've got patty mills for me, Kyle, and Tim, Derek Rose for Sean. Any other guys that are on your radar for six man of the year? Any guys you think could sneak up and and take a claim for it? Um, I mentioned Alex Caruso for a minute just because mm-hmm. we know the Bulls are getting a lot of media eyes. And obviously this is a guy who comes from a championship pedigree. Um, you know, Laker fans were really pissed to lose him and still love him. Laker writers still love him and they still get votes on awards. Um, you know, everything seems to be working so well for this team. You saw he's already making highlight reel alley-oops with that with Zach Levine. So give me uh, some Alex Caruso stock for this Bulls team because for the love of God, between him and Patrick Williams, I don't know if anyone else could play defense for them. Yeah, uh, actually, pre-Kyrie yeah, pre, uh, pre news, um, my answer for this was Patty Mills, and then I had could be Alex Caruso. I, I, was, I was a little <laughs> bit more torn between the two, um, but ultimately I was going to pick Patty Mills and then, what happened yesterday with Kyrie kind of just drove it home even further. Uh, Kyle, any other guys on your radar for for six man, or are you kind of rolling the rolling with the Patty Mills? I love the Patty Mills. Love Derrick Rose actually, especially yeah. at plus eighteen hundred. Yeah. Um, again, the only other guy I would have said was Tyler Hero as a long shot because again, I think that's a, another guy that's such a fan favorite mm-hmm. yeah. that uh, 
you know, if if him and Terrence Ross have the same stat line, he's going to get so many more votes than a guy like Terrence Ross or a guy like Goran Dragic just because he's so much more liked right now in the NBA. Will he, like, if he wins it, will he just hand the trophy to Jack Harlow and be like, this is because of you? I could just see him standing there snarling, just like, look, I didn't start any games this year, snarling at all of us. <laughs> <laughs> he showed us. Didn't start any games, but thinks he needs to be in that same discussion as Luca and Trey. Remember that. Ugh. Remember that, folks. <laughs> all right, well, let's move on. We still got four awards to get through. Next up, we've got Coach of the Year. Here are the odds as they stand, and I feel like these are kind of – I don't know. I'll let you guys react to these. Steve Nash is the favorite at plus 500. Uh, Eric Spolstra at plus 950. Billy Donovan at plus 1,000. Monty Williams at plus 1,100. Plus, or Steve Kerr at plus 1,100. And Quinn Snyder at plus 1,100. Um, Tim, as you're looking over this, uh, these teams, who are you feeling? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I think I'm going to go with Spo. Uh, so you got in our, in our entry interview, you mentioned, you know, you asked, uh, what teams are we most excited to watch? That's not our own. And the heat was mine. You can always know that they're going to play solid defense. And this is a team that, you know, a year ago and two seasons ago played in the NBA finals. Yeah. As it may. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, I'm really, I always think Spo's, you know, he's one of the best coaches in the league. You know, mm-hmm. we joked earlier about Victor Oladipo. If we get any, if they get anything out of him, that's gonna be such a big boost for them. We know he's a good two-way player, Joe. I know you know that better than all the other three of us, obviously. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty high on the Heat. I think they're gonna be phenomenal. Um, I think that they're gonna probably be in that one through four area, like they were, like they have been in years past with Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee. I mean, uh, Boston, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. Jesus, don't <laughs> drink energy drinks before you record your podcast, kids. Um. So I'm all in on the Eric Spo on the Eric Spo stock. Nice, nice. Kyle, who's your pick for Coach of the Year? I'm going Nate McMillan for the Hawks. I oh, know that. Okay. I know that like Tim's. It. I know that Tim's not buying the Hawks this year. I get it. I get it. Or or ever. Or ever. <laughs> but this is Nate McMillan's first full year. Uh, Joe, I know you're. Uh, you got some experience with Nate McMillan a little bit. Um, I'm ex- I think- experience. I'm glad to be done with. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I think that he started to get some buzz at the end of the year, uh, and especially like going into the playoffs. And once they were in the playoffs, I think that um, he did get a lot of national um, national love. And so I think that he's kind of his stock is going up. I think that we've already kind of had our our time where we we did the Monty Williams thing. I feel like we like fully went through the whole media cycle with Monty Williams. Yeah, I love Monty Williams. I think Me he's too. fantastic. But I do think we already kind of did the love fest for him. Um, and we've already kind of done it for for a handful of these guys, Steve Kerr, um, Spolstra, Nash, um, Vogel. And so it's really just a team that I'm buying stock in. I think that a lot of the guys on that team are going to be hitting their stride at the same time. And so I think they have some kind of boom potential there. I also think that this is a regular season award. And that Hawks team is so deep. And so young, I don't see them having a ton of health issues because I think they're getting healthy at the right time right now, right before the season. I think that they're going to be able to to really do well in the regular season, um, where I think a, a team like Miami might have to sit guys a, a little more and kind of have to go to that bench, which I don't think is well is uh, is well equipped for the regular season as as the Hawks. So, um, given all that, again, I'm taking another long shot here. Um, I know that his odds are, what'd you say his odds were? Was it plus 1,400? No, his so odds have, are actually plus 1,500. Plus 1,500, yeah. yeah. I, it, it's it's definitely a long shot. Um, 
But, you know, if you think the Hawks can be a top four or five team, something like that, um, you know, I can see the narrative being, hey, look, he rallied all these young guys together. Look what they're building there. It's his first full year with the team. I could see it. I'm glad Nate McMillan is getting success in Atlanta. I'm also glad he's not the coach of the Pacers anymore. It was something that needed to be ended. Um, But um, do you think that because these expectations are on Atlanta now, it actually does make it harder for him to win coach of the year? Because it's now gone from, oh, wow, look what he did with the Hawks to, well, we saw what he did with the Hawks when he took over. Now you got to sustain it. Yeah, I just think that if he hits expectations and everyone else hits expectations, like if everything goes chalk, I think that it favors him more than I think it favors um, other coaches. So I understand that you think, like, is he going to really exceed expectations? And he might not. But I think yeah. that if kind of if everyone just kind of does what they should do, um, I still... I still like his his storyline kind of going into the voting and everything. Yeah. I actually I like that line if everyone does what they should do, he should get that because that kind of ties into what my pick is for coach of the year. Um I actually have a guy that's number 3 on that list. I'm taking Billy Donovan to win coach of mm-hmm. the year this year, and I think it solely just falls on the if the Bulls finish in that five to eight seed where you and I kind of expect them to be this season. I think it just makes him a lock because of the fact that the bulls have had such a tough go of it. What correct me if I'm wrong. I would say at least at the earliest since Jimmy Butler left, but probably even a little bit earlier than before Jimmy Butler left. It's been kind of a hellish landscape in Chicago. Well, the Rondo Wade Butler team did make the playoffs, but it was still a very brutal year. Yeah, it still wasn't very fun. Yeah, and and I just feel like I feel like with all the moves they made, it, it it's actually crazy. Like if they come out guns a blazing and sustain this already unexpected chemistry off the bat, I just I feel like it helps his case even more. I like it. I Obviously. like that pick a lot. I think it's uh <laughs> it it makes the most sense honestly, but um you know. I, I'm not gonna pick him just because, yeah. <laughs> just because I feel like it's the easiest pick, guys. Okay. I, I got burned. I got burned by picking Billy Donovan a couple years ago on this episode. So. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand. Um, historically, if you look back, you know, at the Coach of the Year award, it's either the coach who who you know led the team to the promised land, you know, like uh, you know, a Steve Kerr. Or 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 Amani Williams did last year, or it's the coach that gets a team that nobody expected to go anywhere, someplace like Tom Thibodeau last year, and so also Monty always, Williams. It all comes back to Monty Williams. Monty, Williams. <laughs> Monty, yeah, yeah. So uh, for my pick, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull one deep out of the bag, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your boy, Joe. I'm gonna go Rick Carlisle. Ooh. I'm actually okay. glad you said that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so so here's another thing. Rick has not won the award. It's been 20 years since he won it last, and that was when he was with Detroit <laughs> the year before they won the title. So so that was the last time he won this award. Um, and, and, you know, looking back, I think Indiana has some really interesting pieces, and I think people are kind of sleeping on Indy a little bit. I think Sabonis is just – I love Sabonis. Like he's he's so great. As you said, sometimes a, a a coach just wears out their welcome with the team. They don't respond to him anymore. You guys were ready to drive Nate McMillan to the airport, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's you were a, ready. That's, yeah, and Nick Bjorkman didn't even get a, get to get off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, and that's cool, and that's cool, and every team gets to a, cl- a crossroads with a coach like that. However, uh, Rick Carlisle, it's been a long time since he's been in Indy. I mean, he was a he was a. I mean, Larry Bird fired him the last time he was in town, which that was a while ago. Um, I just feel like he's in a great position for that. I feel like if they make the playoffs and they get to like you know like a 40, 45 win season, um, and and you know maybe a fifty win season, and just get a little bit better. I think he has a great shot at winning it as well. I feel like Donovan is just so like I I love the Billy Donovan pick. Like I'm I would I just I can't I can't be that guy and just pick all of my team's players and coaches. <laughs> and and can I can everything. I I'll, I'll be real with you. That's the exact reason why I didn't take Rick Carlisle because I didn't want to take <laughs> okay. my team's coach. Okay. Yeah. All right. So all right. That's we're cool. we're literally that's cool. we are one in the same on this. <laughs> okay. <He> traded okay. <laughs> coaches. Okay. But I, I I think I think both are great answers. I feel yeah. like you know mm-hmm. Carl Car I feel like Carlisle has a little bit more. He's gonna have to do a lot more work to get it. But if he does, I think he's a very well respected coach. And he's he's been in Dallas for so long, and it's like he's gonna go back to the old team he was in. I just I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like a. You know, it's a new day situation, and 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 he's gonna have a fresh start there. You got some great players that you're gonna you're, you're gonna build around. I just I don't know. I just like it. I think P Diddy's oh. "I'm Coming Home." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, like, who the fuck wants to vote for Quinn Snyder for right? Coach of the Year? No like, no just one. vote for Car. Like, you want to <laughs> vote for Carlisle, and you just don't want to vote for a guy like Quinn Snyder, right? So, <laughs> just. Just don't. Yeah. My just, dream is Donovan Mitchell is not a member of the Jazz in the near future, so I can no, just, I just everything about them. Yeah, I I think that he's just a like like I think that people also like him, and when it comes voting season, I think that he has the benefit of the doubt. Also, I think Carlisle is one of those guys. He's the head of the coaches' union, so it, it's definitely you know something he's got yeah. pull over. Um, I obviously I love Carlisle. I think actually. I lied a little bit. I didn't just not pick him because of not wanting to take my home team. I still have some real concerns about the Pacers. I, the more I look at this team, the, the more I'm still waiting to see what this identity is going to be going into the season. Also, I just can't trust the Pacers delivering for Rick Carlisle because of my reasoning for putting them low in our rankings. It's because I don't trust the injury proneness of this team. If the team can stay healthy, I can see him being in the conversation. Um, and he was going to be a coach I brought up as, um, you know, just other options. But another coach that I wanted to throw on your guys' radar that I think is a juicy bet to put, this guy's at plus 1,900, Ty Lue with the Clippers. I think if the, Clipper, yeah. if, if the Clippers weather Ooh. the storm this season and they, they get in a nice – they finish in fourth, fifth out west without Kawhi Leonard, watch out for Ty Lue being in the conversation for this award. Okay. Nah. Yeah. I, hey, I, <laughs> I like I know, it. Dude, like, I, I, I thought he uh, like it. I thought he he had really really smart coaching um against the Suns. Um when you saw some of the lineups he put out there that were smaller, that was, you know, he would put out like four guards in there and he's just he's a really really offensive minded coach and I think he's had some defensive minded um rosters. And just in the playoffs last year, I thought that he put out a lot of guys that could shoot the ball and could score, and it was pretty cool to see. And I, I'm curious to see what it looks like going into next season. So I, I like it. Nice. I like nice. it. 
Any any other coaches that are on your guys' radar for coach of the year? Do you think we've kind of hammered hammered home the the ones to watch? I, I, I like what we've done. Nice. All right. Oh, so Oh, I will say, oh. no no pop this year. No mention of <laughs> no, no mention no. of pop. No. He had his gold no. medal. He's had it's his finished. fine. I know. I just I just wanted to at least say it, right? We didn't bring up Coach Pop's name. He wasn't in the top for the odds. Um I think this is kind of the first year where he's not gonna be in any sort of running for it. Yeah. Next up, defensive player of the year. Go ahead and read you off the top six 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 odds. We've got, of course, Rudy Gobert, plus 340. Ben Simmons, a guy that, uh, Sean, you mentioned as a defensive player of the year candidate during the uh, players you're excited to watch. He's at plus 350. Anthony Davis, number three, at plus 700. My guy, Miles Turner, at plus 700. Don't bet on him. He's not going to get it if he doesn't get it when he's the best (laughs) defensive player on the best defensive team like two or three years ago. He's not going to get it this season. Joel Embiid at plus 900, and then Giannis Antetokounmpo at plus 1,000. Um, I'll go ahead and lead us off on this one. I'm giving it to Giannis this year for one reason, one reason only. I'm not giving him MVP, so I wanted to at least give him one award. And this is the best award I could see him, or the only other award I could see him winning. <laughs> yeah, I feel safe. I, I, I'm not going to try and convince you out of it or no. give you any reason not to vote Giannis. It's, that feels... It feels goofy that Gobert is at plus three fifty and Giannis is at like plus a thousand. That feels yeah. goofy to me. Yeah. I, I know that we automatically before the season starts, we already have a ticket voted for Rudy Gobert to win it for whatever reason, but I think Giannis should be at the top for the betting odds. Yeah. It's not I, he's not my pick, but I, I think he should be the, the betting favorite. I did I feel he should be the betting favorite as well. Yeah. All right, easy enough. Uh, Tim, who do you got for Defensive Player of the Year? Anthony Davis. I think going to the five is a big part. It's going to be a huge thing for them this year. Um, Someone on that team's got to play defense, you know, when (laughs) it's going to be pretty rough. Uh, Obviously, LeBron played pretty well last year before his injury, but um, I think, you know, when you look at it, he's going to be pretty difficult as far as a prayer protector and a matchup nightmare next year for teams. Um. Plus, we know they're going to get a lot of national attention because, one, who they are, where they're projected. A lot of us feel they're going to be, you know, up uh, if not winning the West, at least in the Western Conference Finals. So, eyes are going to be on him. I feel like he's going to have a big year because I think he's pissed off about what happened last year with not playing well plus the injury. So, yeah, I'm all in on AD stock this year. That's it. He's finally got his room to fly with no Kuzma, so we can finally right. see the real, <laughs> real yeah. AD. Is that, is that who was holding him back? <laughs> 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 he just like unleashed Kuzma and just like that's cool I can play defense now guys like yeah. he's We're not I'm like back. he hasn't that's why I'm, I'm here like he hasn't been a plus defender forever Sean I don't trust anything AD does though he's always hurt I just I don't know man like I, you pick Derek Rose and you're saying Anthony Davis is always hurt <laughs> let me let me let me tell you something and, and let me tell you something voters have sympathy for Derek Rose they don't have sympathy for Anthony Davis okay so that's the thing. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> There's no sympathy. AD doesn't win. Everyone's like, Lakers suck. That's cool. You know, that's that's really how it goes. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing AD win it solely because I would love to see Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel get a player win defensive player of the year. And I think Vogel is still one of the better defensive coaches in the league. Never got one when he had great defensive players in Indiana. So I, I get behind AD for 
for uh, for that storyline alone. But Sean, who's your pick for Defensive Player of the Year? AD <laughs> gets hurt too much, and I pick Derrick Rose. Shut <laughs> up, Sean. You know what? You know what? Well, all right, all right. We'll see. We'll see, Tim. All Man right. in Lakers shirt picks Laker. <laughs> <laughs> That's the headline of the podcast. <laughs> Fair. All right. All right. This is getting heated, guys. So heated that I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Bam. Um oh, I like what you did there. All right. You all like right. what I did there. You're like, eh, it took you a second. That's fine. That's fine. That was, it was really bad. That was really bad. I'm so sorry. I won't ever do that again. Um uh, I like Bam. I think Bam is one of those guys. I the Heat were were in such a weird situation last year where they were coming off this, like, you know, overachieving season where they made it to the NBA Finals. And it's it's like, I felt like everybody kind of felt like they weren't going to make it again. And, of course, they didn't make it again. But this offseason, they got Kyle Lowry, who I think was, like, the most perfect piece to go on any team besides maybe Lonzo Ball with the Bulls. Um, Bam is already a, just a fantastic defender. I think he is going to be the identity of this team this next year along with Jimmy. Um I really, really think that. I mean, I, would you be surprised if you saw the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals next year? No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm not like. I just feel like they could, they could be one of those teams that just kind of comes back next year, and and they're gonna be in the mix. I felt like last year was kind of a long shot because everybody kind of wrote them off as, oh, you know, you know, they probably shouldn't have made it or whatever, and 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 that's fine or any, anything. But like, what they did was incredible during the bubble. Like, it really was. Um, but I'm all in on Bam. Um, he's gotten a little better each year, um, and he's an All Star. I I'm just I'm I'm on him. I just I, Tim. I'll be honest with you. I just feel like AD is just too easy. It is very easy. I'm well aware. It's too easy. It's too easy. I'm, I mean, it's not as easy as Giannis because Giannis yeah. should be the favorite. <laughs> yeah. I agree with yeah. you. You know, but you know, guys, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just going to go to Rudy. Honestly, oh, Bam. I will say this. <laughs> Sean like Mackey has been kicked yeah. from the chat. Yeah. Um, Bam is actually the first one out. He is number seven on DraftKings. He is at plus 1,400 odds to win it. Um, Kyle, I know you're huge on Bam. When we talked about the Heat, you you brought this stat up a couple times, and, and I'll let you bring it up again because you know it better than I do, but it's about how Bam matches up against the other top big dudes in the Eastern Conference, and I think that's that's something that, that plays into why I like the pick of Bam Adebayo for Defensive Player of the Year. He holds Embiid in check. He holds Giannis in check. Um, who is I, who's the third? Is, is it just those two that you've got the numbers on, or was it? It's it's those two mixed with PJ Tucker's defense okay. on KD. Yep. Okay. And and that's exactly why I also picked Bam for my pick. The stat Excellent. the stat is that that Bam last year when matched up against Embiid, uh, Embiid averaged just six points a game on him. Bam was averaging 18 and 12 with eight assists on him. Bam was Bam was having a good time against him, and and that usually doesn't happen to Embiid. Um, we saw what Bam did in the bubble against Embiid or against Giannis, but this was you know two years ago. Um, Giannis was held to just 21 points a game, which wow, by again, Giannis for, standards, yeah, by Giannis standards, a guy that can drop 50 in a game seven, 21 points a game. Um, it, when you mix that with P.J. Tucker, who can shut down, not shut down, let me take that back, who can do his best against uh, a guy like Kevin Durant, you're going to have um, guys like Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry that can get after it defensively. I think that Bam is going to be the best defensive player on the best defensive team, and he's going to have 
good games against those those big guys in the spotlight. And I think that we're going to come from those games where it's, you know, Thursday night, huge game where it's Miami versus Milwaukee and Bam's going to do great or a huge game this week. And it's going to be Miami versus Philly. And I think Bam's going to show up to those games and we're going to be talking about them the next day. And I think at the end of the year, we'll go, okay, let's see who is the best defensive team. Cause we do this every year. Who is the best defensive team? Okay, Utah. Who's their best defensive player? Rooney. Okay, let's give it to them. Who's the best defensive team? Is it Milwaukee? Their best defensive player is obviously Giannis. Let's give it to him. I think this year Miami could could definitely be the best defensive team, and I think that Bam will be um, the best player on that team defensively. And, and so for that reason, I'm giving it to Bam. I also think you just give it to – I think you give it to a big guy. I think that that's how defensive player of the year works. And so, um, honestly, the, the other people I would like for this would be Giannis and probably AD. But but I, I like Bam at this, especially at the plus 1,400 odds. Um, again, I think that there's value in that. If, I'm a, if I was a betting man, I'd probably probably go the, the plus 1,000 on Giannis. But I'd like to throw a little long shot out there. Isn't it amazing how like Rudy Gobert in the regular season is this unstoppable defender? You get the playoffs and the Clippers oh, are hunting him on pick and rolls. The playoffs. <laughs> oh, God. the playoffs where we have to play the same team multiple times and they can figure us out. Oh, guys, they're hunting, I'm a dead they're, man. They're, hunt, they're hunting me on pick and rolls. What do I do? He can't. He just can't play because of his defense. When it comes to the playoffs, every year he can't play because of his defense, and it's crazy. And then we just start the year over, and we're goldfish. We're just like, okay, he's really good at defense. Let's do this again. So to wrap this up for defensive player of the year, our answer is not Rudy Gobert. For the love of God, <laughs> please don't give it to Rudy Gobert. Let's move on to rookie of the year. There are some pretty, pretty solid favorites: Kate Cunningham at plus two fifty, Jalen Green at plus two seventy five, and then you see the drop off in odds. Jalen Suggs at plus seven hundred. Evan Mobley at plus 800, Scotty Barnes at plus 1200, and Alperin Shingun at plus 1200. I thought Shingun was a little interesting there at number six. Um, Kyle, I think we all know where you're going for this one, but for any first time listeners that don't know anything about you, let the good people know about who your rookie of the year picked. It's obvious. It's the best player in this year's draft. It's Cade Cunningham. The Detroit Pistons got him. He's going to be the best player this year of all the rookies. I think he's going to be the best player by far. I think that when you look at last year, LaMelo won it, averaging 16, 6, and 6. Cade's going to do that for sure. I think Cade's going to average closer to 18, 6, and 6. Cade's going to shoot better. Uh, Cade in Summer League looked fantastic, hitting seven threes in a game. Um, I think you you could easily watch him shoot 40% from three. Um, He's going to get all the opportunity on that team that team's super young the youngest team in the league it, it feels so obvious Cade wants it Cade obviously wants it there's been a lot of back and forth jawing um between between Jalen Green and a brick wall really because <laughs> but just Jalen Green bitter very bitter that we did not select him uh with the number one pick but we had you know, the second coming of of basketball himself, <laughs> Cade Cunningham. So had to choose had to choose Cade. Cade's gonna show everyone why. Um he's got all the swagger. I think that, you know, it's his to lose. I think when you start out and you're the number one pick, it's it's yours to lose. So um 
Yeah, give me Cade all day on this. This is this is easy. Tim, you um, on the Cade train as well, or are you taking someone else? Joe, not only am I on the Cade train, I'm drinking the Caterade. Oh, choo oh! choo, oh! let's go, <laughs> baby. <laughs> so, I could say to kind of use the other sport parallel. Uh, just from being being able to watch this guy for the last couple of years, Cade reminds me a lot of Joe Burrow and the fact that like he walked in and he was like, "It's my fucking team. You guys are gonna follow my lead." Yeah. And everything you're reading from Pistons camp and like Pistons reports is like he is the leader. He's the guy everyone responds to. He's running the mini camp practices. He's the one that's like organizing everything, and he's just an ultimate facilitator. And I think the other parallel I have between him and Burrow is just the ability to like make things happen. When things go awry, someone misses a ball screen. Kate still makes plays happen. You saw that a ton at Oklahoma State uh, last year in his college season. I mean, that's a team he took to the tournament. And the skill set's obviously there, like Kyle said. Like, I fully expect him to be in that 18-6-6 area. Um, you know, there's something about ha- the guy that has the ball in his hands every opportunity. And that's, you know, they're going to run their offense through him. He's going to have all the possessions. Jeremy Grant is going to capitalize from having him around. Kelly Olynyk, Sadiq Bay. Everyone's gonna be better because of Cade Cunningham. So yes, give me the I'm I'm piggybacking up Kyle. Give me the Cade Cunningham rookie of the year pick. Let's go, Sean. You are you in on Cade? You know, I know I know you guys probably want me to give some hot take, you know, and and say something absolutely ridiculous. But I'm also on the Cade train. Um, complete, co- completely, completely. No. Um, is that if anyone knows me, I'm not a huge college basketball guy, period. I'm just not. And this last year, I didn't watch that much. However, I've watched a lot of footage of Cade. Cade's size alone, uh, 6'7", 6'8", 220. Um, his playmaking skills, he's already got the three-point shot. Um, he can play both positions. I mean, he, the, the offense is going to run through him anyway, but they can use him off ball. He can run the offense. They can do so much with him. He is going to be exactly what Detroit needs. Um, I think he's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's going to be very, very similar to, you know, like what, what Kyle said with, you know, last year with LaMelo. He's going to have set, he's going to, you know, average that kind of, that kind of stat line. You know, he could have 18, six and six. I think he's going to be a perfect fit there. I actually kind of like him with Killian Hayes too, strangely. So, um, I, I think he's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to give some some punk ass, you know, uh, you know, if I if I really wanted to, I could say Evan Mobley. But the guys, he's not going to get the playing time. He's he's going to be fighting. That would be punk would be ass. Pu- that you. would be punk that ass. Would be very punk <laughs> that would be punk ass. And I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy at all. But I'm not that, that guy. guy. But. Though. You know, I look at that. It's like, you know, he's going to be fighting for Laurie Markinen minutes, you know, when everybody knows he should just be shipped back to Finland. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're not bitter. We're not bitter. Listen, I, my pick is Cade. It was always going to be Cade. I, I can't say anything that hasn't already been said about Cade, except for. The reason that I've been telling people to have the Pistons in their league pass rankings is because of Cade. It's Cade. So I want to pose this question for an outlier guy. Not even Jalen Green, because Jalen Green's at plus 275. He's also, you would be considered a favorite for this. What would a guy, what would a guy like Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley or Scotty Barnes, what would those guys have to do to really try and take this from Cade Cunningham? Yeah, I think, I think that, one of the things that's so great about Cade is all the opportunity he gets with no contention. When when you look at 
like Corey Joseph, it, it, like he's mm-hmm. not really stealing any minutes from him. When you look at Jalen Green, I mean, he might not play a lot, but they're still paying John Wall $44 million a year. Right. Like there, that still is a thing that's on their cap sheet. And if I know anything about the Rockets, their new ownership is cheap. And I don't think they're going to want to pay a guy $44 million for him not to play at all. And so I think there's going to be a little opportunity to take it from there. When you look at Suggs, I think it's Suggs' team. But I also know that there's a a lot of people in that backcourt. And so, yeah, um, a a guy like Scotty Barnes, I don't know if he'll have the ball in his hand a lot. Evan Mobley really plays off ball, like at the top of the key offensively. Um, Again, he kind of plays more in that Jaron Jackson role uh, from what I saw in, in summer league. And so I, I think that Suggs and Green are going to have a little bit of contention in their backcourt, and I think that Mobley and Barnes just aren't able to set their own plate in a way where they'll be able to fill up a box score fully on, a, on an every-night basis. And for that reason, I, I just feel so confident in Cade. Yeah, and to kind of further that point, um, Jalen Green's going to be playing with Kevin Porter Jr., yep. who we all know is not afraid to take any <laughs> shot possible. No, not at all. No. <laughs> like, he I mean, has Kevin the ball Porter in his The man's in the – he's one of the favorites for most improved for a reason because he's yeah. going to he's gonna be taking shots too. Yeah. Quite literally he's, a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> So we're all on board for Cade, Rookie of the Year, signed, sealed, delivered. That leaves us with one award left, the most valuable player. Here are the favorites right now. Luka Doncic at plus 380. Do not take that bet. Do not take that bet. I'm saying do not take that bet. If any of you are taking that bet. You're not. (laughs) You're now not. (laughs) Kevin Durant at plus 600. Joel Embiid at plus 700. Giannis at plus 900. Steph at plus 900, and Damian Lillard at plus 1,400. Kyle, who's your pick for MVP? I am begging you. I'm telling you. I'm demanding that you all go out right now and put a little money on James Harden to be your MVP. At those odds, they are giving you free money, (laughs) and here's why. Every year for the MVP... We give it to a guy that's on one of the best teams. Like, now that we look at it, like, yeah, Jokic should be the MVP. But in the moment, we were kind of like, what's going on? Who should we give it to? Embiid, if he was healthy, I feel confident Embiid would have got it. And his team was the number one seed in the East. Okay? But we gave it to Jokic, who was the third seed. I think Embiid would have probably got it, um, though, being a one seed. Giannis won the year before as a one seed. Giannis won the year before that as a one seed. And Harden won the year before that as a one seed. So... I think that this award we do have to we do have to look realistically at who's going to be a top one seed or a two seed, and so I think that we're looking at just a few teams. I think that this player probably has to come from Milwaukee. They probably have to come from L.A. or they have to come from uh, Brooklyn. L.A. I don't I don't know if if uh, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to play enough minutes to where that they can they can win MVP. So I'm not going there. So then I'm looking at either Giannis, Harden, or KD. Giannis, before Kyrie was out, Giannis was the betting favorite to lead the league in assists. That is before Kyrie Irving was out. I, I just think that, that, Gian, that Harden is going gonna, is gonna to go all in this year. Um, on average, the MVP the last few years has averaged around 
45 points, rebounds, and assists total if you add them up. Um, somewhere between 45 to 50. So I'm asking with no Kyrie, can Harden average 28, 11, and 7? 28, 10, and 7? 28, 11, and 6? Abs- I think so, absolutely. Um, in, he, he played over 35 minutes a game in over two-thirds of his games for the Nets. He's not on a load management while he's out there. Harden traditionally plays a lot of minutes in each game. Giannis is on a pitch count throughout the regular season. He plays almost exactly 32 minutes every single game. His production in those 32 minutes is is crazy. It's actually it's crazy what he puts up in 32 minutes. And his per 36 numbers are like are unbelievable. Giannis's are. But I think that Harden is going to put up just the raw numbers to do it. His team is one of the other teams. So I think that you're going to look at three players, in my opinion. Giannis, Harden, or KD. Give me Harden. I was so ready for you to pick Kevin Durant. <laughs> I was, I was so ready. <laughs> it, my I favorite player in NBA history, Kevin Durant. But I, I got, I'm going hard in here. I love that pick. I genuinely love it. I would love to see it happen. Tim, who's your pick for MVP? I love all of Kyle's points, and I think his argument makes a ton of sense. Um, but my guy I'm going with is Steph Curry. And my argument is this. He was a candidate last year, and his team sucked. He was so good last year, he brought his team to the play-in when they probably didn't belong in the playoffs. True. They were hot garbage. I mean, we're all excited about Jordan Poole. I'm excited about Jordan Poole. So, but I, this team's obviously better this year. Um, you know, bringing in guys like Otto Porter. I really like drafting Moses Moody. I'm in and out on Kaminga, depending on the day you talk to me. Um, but, you know, he shot, what, 47% from three last year. There's nothing that says he's lost his abilities to make threes at a high clip like that. I think Golden State's going to be competitive. Um, I know, you know we haven't seen a guy since like Westbrook be a lower than a two seed, did it be lower than a three or four seed win the MVP. Um, but mm-hmm. I just feel like Curry's just on another level. And I think the media darlings that we kind of keep referencing are really looking for the Warriors to be back this year. Um, we believe is not necessarily in the Joe Lakeup organization. It is the media wanting them to be good for narratives. And I think, you know, there's nothing that says Steph Curry is not going to be unbelievable. And I know Clay Thompson's not back till January. So someone's got to carry this load for a while till then. So I feel like this is a big year for Steph Curry. And I think, you know, he's going to be in that race right there with James Harden, Giannis Durant and those guys. So I like it. it. I like it. it. Sean, who's your pick? Both of you guys made such convincing arguments. Like both of you. Bravo. Um, I, uh, damn Kyle, like now you got me rethinking everything, but <laughs> <laughs> plus he's plus like 2,500 well, odds and, right and, now. And he is cr- plus 2,000 on draft. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's okay. easy cash. It's gone up. Easy it cash. It's, put something on, like if you're going to bet this, you could bet whoever you want. I wouldn't say to bet Luke, bet whoever, but I would say to put the, something the, the on odds there. are, the odds are great on there. And, and one good thing about that I like about James Harden is he's durable, man. He's gonna, he's gonna go out there. He plays no matter what, no great matter point. what shape he's in, he's durable. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and he's out there and he's going to be shooting shots. And you're right. If Kyrie Irving's not going to be there, he's also, he's going to be passing the ball too. So he's going to be playing some points. So it's like, I get it. I get it. I love everything about that. However, I'm going to go with KD just because of the chip on the shoulder. It's not a sexy pick. It's a boring pick. Okay. I'm not happy about it. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want him to be MVP, 
But uh, after last year, after last year, I don't know. I feel like Kevin Durant has more to prove than – I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot to improve. He doesn't have anything to prove, really, okay? Like, he's one of the greatest players in NBA history. Um, but last year, you know, being that one shoe size too big from making it to the NBA Finals, and he would have – I, the, the Nets would have won the NBA Finals last year. I really do think they would have. Um, I think he's going to come back with a vengeance this year. And him and, and James Harden are just going to be the the villains that everyone's going to love to hate. I'm going to hate them, hate them. So it's not going to be a love-hate situation. I'm, I'm really not going to like the Brooklyn Nets because I hate, I hate teams that are constructed like that. Uh, <laughs> sup, Miami Heat. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think he's going to be great this year. I don't, he's already won the MVP before. Um, this is going to be a comeback year for him. I, I, I love it, but I don't know, man. But both of you guys and Steph Curry, I love it. I love that too, Tim. Like I think he's going to be awesome again this year in the point of, about him being the best one of an MVP candidate last year and being on one of the worst teams, but still making it to the play in and, and clay's going to be out till probably all-star break. So yeah, dude, I like that too. All right. So that leaves me. Yeah. My pick is a guy that has plus 3000 odds right now. The last time this guy was in a situation where he was expected to be the guy for a whole season. These are his numbers. 28 points per game. 8.2 8.2 rebounds per game, 4 assists per game, 2.2 steals per game. Not right at the 45-50 Kyle's looking for, but still very, very good numbers throughout the season. 43% shooting, 36 from 3, 83 from free throw. I can't believe I'm saying this because I have tried to avoid saying positive things about this player for coming up on 5 or 6 years now. But I'm picking Paul George of the Clippers. Here's Ooh, why. Wow. Ever since our West tier list episode, we talked about how we could really see the Clippers being a team that if they they pull this roster together, they can finish in that three to four spot and surprise some people. And that hinges on Paul George doing exactly what I think he's going to do this season. We saw it in the Eastern or in the Western Conference Finals where he completely balled out for the Clippers down the stretch. Missed free throws aside, dude had an incredible series. I couldn't deny the basketball that he played. I think going into this season with that mindset, I'm expecting huge things from Paul George. I know it's a super long shot pick. I know it is a scalding hot take, but the dude finished third in MVP voting in that season I just told you about. I think the table is set for him to really make a statement without Kawhi to prove that he really is not just a second guy on that team he's a second alpha guy for that clippers franchise paul george did average 29 11 and 6 in that playoff series against the suns that does get us to our to our sweet spot number where we need to be between the 45 to 50 points but it was on 41 minutes a game and so that's my only thing is i don't know if if he can have that production yeah on a night in and night out basis but what I saw, like I mean, the last time we saw Paul, Paul George, he looked he looked like he should be an MVP candidate. Like literally, the last time we saw him was that playoff series, and he looked like if you told me is this one of the best players in the world, I'd be like, I sure looks like it to me. So I, I definitely get it. It's from LA. You said it would be a guy from Brooklyn, Milwaukee, or LA. <laughs> I'm veering. <laughs> yeah, going going back to the Kevin Durant thing, the reason I didn't pick him 
and I wanted to so badly. I wanted to so badly. The reason he won the year he won the MVP, he averaged 32, uh, 32, 8, and 5. Since then, each year, he's averaged 26, 7, and 5. So I just don't know if he can get back up to that third, like that low 30s, really high 20s. I know that at any moment he could turn it on, he could score a bucket. Like if you just give him the ball and say, hey, score right now, he will. But on a week to week basis, I just don't know. Very fair. Well, that's it. That's all the Preds. Let's let's run through it. I'll go through everybody's picks for each award again, just to remind everyone. Most improved, we had Tim taking Darius Garland, Kyle taking Keldon Johnson, Sean taking no, you took D Rose for six man. Who did you take for you took Lonzo for most improved? And then I took DeAndre Hunter for six man. Me, Kyle, and Tim all taking Patty Mills. Sean taking Derek Rose. For Coach of the Year, Tim is taking Eric Spolstra. Kyle, Nate McMillan. Myself taking Billy Donovan. Sean taking Rick Carlisle. For Defensive Player of the Year, I've got Giannis. Tim's got Anthony Davis. Sean and Kyle, Bam Bam. Rookie of the Year. Across the board, Cade. Everyone in unison on that. For MVP, I like all of our picks. I like every single pick that was that was thrown out for this. James Harden from Kyle, Stephen Curry from Tim, Kevin Durant from Sean, and I'm taking Paul George on the extreme long shot. There you have it. That's 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 the official 48 minutes award predictions, guys. Out of all of our predictions, is there one that you feel is more surefire than anything else? I obviously you probably say Cade because we all agreed on it, but any other of your predictions where you're like, I'm telling you. Put money down on this. I'm putting real life money on James Harden. I'm putting like at, at yeah. those odds. He's, at he's those not odds. wrong. I he's like not it. wrong. Kyle, you've made so many great points, and you've you've also thrown some cold water on stuff. Like I want you to be the guy for me that just talks me in and out of things all the time, <laughs> <laughs> regardless of circumstance. <laughs> like like I'm gonna go buy a new. I'm gonna go buy like I'm gonna be like I'm gonna buy this three thousand dollar turntable, and you're gonna be like I don't know, Sean. The belts on those they don't they don't hold up very well. It's, and I've done some research. La- out, out of the last three years, we've had this many yes, belts replaced. Yes, yeah. So I don't know if you should buy the turntables. <laughs> Love it. God, Tim. Any other any other any other bets that you're feeling extra good about? Um, no, not really. I I like that we didn't go chalk. Yeah, I mean we it really, really didn't. Yeah, Kate is the only one that we took chalk on, but because it, it's also the most obvious one. I think. But that does it, guys. Sean, Tim, thank you guys so much for doing this with us tonight. I know we're getting ready to do uh, a fantasy draft for the Bench Mob show this Sunday. So, yeah. Sean will be in the Big Apple. Yeah. Well, Sean, enjoy. Thank you. For Kyle Brandon, I'm Joe Macucci. That does it for Shot Callers. We'll see ya. Thanks for listening to Shot Callers. Make sure to subscribe to the 48 Minutes Network wherever you're listening to your podcast and leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. Also, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter over at 48 Minutes Network. I'm going to stop and give you all the love I can.